Hi everybody, welcome to this webinar on advocacy at Align the Bar. Today we are here with Martin Ashley-Taylor, who is the Managing Director at Ashley-Taylor's Legal, one of the country's most difficult advocacy providers to join. Hi Martin, did you want to briefly introduce yourself to everybody? Yes, um, hello everyone, thank you for um, joining. So um, when Hena says it's difficult to join, what that really means is we have a very high threshold for young advocates who want to join us, but don't let that put you off. Um, we actually do a lot of training to get you to that threshold, but one of the good things about it is that if you do attend the training and you do manage to make it, then you come and work with us. Um, and the if your end game is to go to pupillage in chambers, then quite a few chambers know us very well, and they also know if you've been with us, um, you've been brought up properly as an advocate and haven't been allowed to get into bad habits. And that is a very good thing. Thank you, Martin. So um, as, as it's become very clear, we are talking about advocacy today. So I know that you've got years of advocacy experience um, and you've definitely come across different styles of advocacy. So would you be able to maybe briefly describe or define advocacy for everyone? Yes. So I've been an advocate since um, February 1978. Um, and an advocacy is a very interesting word because it depends upon the context you put to it, to what it actually means. And if you look it up on the web, you'll have about 10, 10 or 11 completely different definitions because it's all in context. But here we're talking about advocacy in the courts. And in particular, what we're talking about here really is the county courts, but some of it does drift over to the criminal courts. Um, and advocacy, well, what is it? Um, it's a very easy thing to say, and it's not an easy thing to do, uh, because it's not a thing you can actually just go out and be taught. You've got to have the, the gift for it or be directed for it. But advocacy, you're going to be the voice of somebody uh, in court. And if it was all that simple, then everyone would do it. But it's not, uh, because being a voice isn't what it's all about. It's actually about presenting on behalf of your client their case in a very coherent, building a picture sort of way to the judge so the, the picture is very clear the case is very clear and and then adding to that you are taking away or diluting uh, the parts about your case which you're not terribly happy about and you don't want to be found on that so we've got to deal with that and then on top of that we've got to deal with what the other side is saying and we need to undermine that and show the other side actually is not as strong as what they say and and it's rather like um, having two children before you, one saying one story and one saying the other story, and, and sitting there as a judge, you have to decide which is the version you prefer and which um, is likely to be correct. So it is, it is using scales. And I rather liken it to saying, here's a picture, a picture of your case. Normally we need 10 crayons to do that picture, but I'm only going to give you five. And you've got to make the best use of those five to to draw the best picture that you can of your client's case and explain to the judge. So it's an easy thing to say. It's not an easy thing to do. And I've got to be honest with you. It's not a thing that is, is taught in detail um, at bar school because you've got a lot of other things to do, but that is very, very important. Uh, and one of the ways you do that is you've actually got to practice it and you need to be shown and given a toolkit of how to do these things um, you won't naturally do it. And that is one of the problems that uh, you have with advocates who are doing things, um, learning on the job, 
you get into bad habits. And Chambers don't like bad habits because bad habits are very, very difficult to break. Fantastic. There, there are definitely, there's a lot there to unpack. Um, and in terms of that, so Definitely. if you were to narrow down maybe top three tips or top three things that make a good advocate, what would you put? I know it's quite a difficult one considering there's so many different things that make a good advocate. Yeah. I can't give you three. I can give you six and narrow Go it down it. to six. Go for it. So everything about an advocate is character-based because you've got to impress your case and your character on the judge. I'm not talking American court style where you're slamming the desk, pacing to and fro, but you do need to to be someone who is listenable um, and articulate. And I can, I think I can break it down to parts of your character that you need to have. And the first one is courage. And I say that because you've got to have the courage to get up and do what you need to do and, and not show fear, not show nerves not be nervous because that will undermine your performance. If the judge thinks you're nervous, the judge won't think you're nervous because you're worried. They'll think you're worried about something about your case that might simply not be there. Um, so courage to make decisions and courage to do the right thing is important. Discipline is really important. That's the discipline to prepare your case properly. The advocates have to do that. Advocates, you've got to understand if you're going to be an advocate um, you don't really get that much of an evening life every evening. You've got to be preparing your cases for the following day. And you can't allow that family sway um, or your friend's sway. Let's pop out for a night or, uh, in my case at home, can I have the dining room table back, please, because you want to have dinner? Uh, no, because I'm working and I need the space. And it, these things matter. So it's the discipline of, of actually doing the work. And there are no shortcuts. Um, respect is all important respect for your own client, respect for the other side, no matter what you think of them. And and you will think a lot of bad things about the other side sometimes. That can't come into play. It's respect for everybody. And I don't just mean along the diversity and all those things. It is, it is pure. You respect the other side. You don't get into arguments with them that you don't need to. And we most certainly don't badmouth them. And the fact that they might do that to me is not a reason why I'll do it back. There are ways to deal with that, but that's not for here. Integrity um, is absolutely important, being truthful at all times. Everyone at some stage will sadly make an error, particularly when you're young and in the early days. And you've got to, got to own up to it and say, I didn't do that right. And after each case, you you look back what you've done and and you go, oh, I could have done that better. I shouldn't have done that. And you just need to own the, own the problem. Um, loyalty to your client and your client in the case of... of um, uh, a barrister, an advocate, you've actually got two loyalties. One is to your client who is there in court and one is to your instructing solicitor. And sometimes that's a conflict because sometimes um, your instructing solicitor, shall we say, may not be the best solicitor in the world and your client will be really unhappy with them and you can't be going out agreeing with them that, yeah, their, their, their solicitor isn't that good. Even if you know they're not, you can't. So you've got to have loyalty to all the parties there. Uh, Self-sacrifice, if you need to go the extra mile, you've got to. You've just got to. Um, and and the very last one is humour. Because if you haven't got a sense of humour, I don't think you need to, you, you should be an advocate um, because you've got to be able to step back and see sometimes um, the smiley side of things. If you are too serious and you are too closed down, you can't step back and see the picture. 
And if you can't see the picture properly, how can you argue it? Fantastic. Thank you, Martin. I think advocacy is one of those things that's really unique to every individual, um, but there are definitely some those are boxes to tick. Um, I know that there's always room for improvement as well. As a much junior advocate myself, I know those are things I'm trying to still develop every day, every time that I go to court. Um, but if you had to share then, um, what would you say a bad advocate looks like? Or have you seen any bad advocacy in your experience? Yes, I've seen many. Can't tell you what a bad advocate looks like because <laughs> it come in many disguises. But um, a bad advocate, pre-court conference with the other side, with the other advocate. The aim of the pre-court, pre-court conference with the advocate on the other side is to sort out the issues that are common, agreed, and sort out where the, the argument is. You do not... Um, start telling me how bad my claim is, how bad my client is, and start um, saying you're not going to win while you're here. That is that is appalling etiquette by an advocate and is not acceptable. And I've no doubt, uh, I see it now, um, I've no doubt, if you come across that, you need to just stop and say, that's not what this is for. If we can't discuss this sensibly, walk away. And don't get involved in that. Never, never start as they, as in the common parlance, as they say now, start dissing the other side's case because it isn't done. Um, and, uh, in court, it, when the other side is speaking, you let them speak. Even if you don't agree, you let them speak. Likewise, when you're speaking, even if they don't agree, they should stay quiet and let you say your piece. And if they're forever interfering, trying to interfere your flow. And some of them will do it as a tactic to interfere with your flow of, of, of thought and your flow of speech. And they'll be interrupting, saying that's not right. You need to just stand up for yourself, say, excuse me, sir, ma'am, or your honour. Um, I have the floor and I have the right to speak um, un, uninterrupted, just as I allowed my friend here to speak uninterrupted. It's a matter of etiquette. So poor advocacy before court, you will see them tend to be very arrogant people, I have to say, um, and in court interrupting you when you're speaking. And they can only interrupt you when you're speaking if what you are saying is misleading the court. And if it's not, they should stay quiet. That is, so if you're an advocate, um, you don't, you definitely do not do those two things. Great, Martin. Thank you. Those um, key things to look out for. Um, I know advocacy is definitely something that I'm continuously looking to develop, as are many others out there that will be listening to this podcast. Um, aside from county court advocacy, which we will discuss in some more detail shortly, um, what other kind of experiences would you say can help somebody build their advocacy ex- advocacy skills? So, um, what experiences will help someone build their advocacy skills? Strangely enough. Um, a lot of advocates have two jobs, not uncommon. Um, within our practice, we've got 110 advocates uh, and the younger generation who are the group looking for pupillage, um, nearly all of those have two jobs and their second job is not in law. And we actually encourage that for a variety of reasons. You you need to have a different skill set um, as an advocate, the more of a lawyer you are, the less of an advocate you are. Because I know this sounds a bit strange, but law gets in the way of advocacy because you start talking law as it's written as opposed to interpretation how you'd like it to be understood. 
And so um, a lot of uh, younger athletes have a different role. I don't mean they do things like um, working in Costa, although some do, or, or coffee type things. I mean, they're in a public facing role where they're dealing with the public. Um, it is not uncommon to see at least 25% of mine have got a, when I say a second job, they've got their own small business running. Um, and they're using those business skills to, to talk to their clients uh, and enhance their client-facing skills at the same time as using business acumen. And I actually do have several advocates whose businesses, small businesses, are so successful, I actually don't understand why they are not doing those full-time. But I say, they say to me, because we want to be an advocate. And I go, okay, so they've got people working for them running those businesses. Um, so if you want more experience, try something, do your advocacy, but try and find a role away from law. I know a lot of people will disagree with what I'm saying, but I say it from my experience. The, the more of a lawyer, if you do too much law, it interferes with you being an advocate because being an advocate is speaking and presenting pictures and you don't want to be tied down to scripts. You want to be able to step back, see the picture, talk the picture eloquently, describe the picture in the right sequence. Strangely enough, law doesn't teach you to do that because it's not law. It's a skill.